Hey everybody, this is Tony and I'm welcoming you to enjoy the movie, where we love to talk about great movies and love to rip on the bad ones. Today we are going to talk about our first Disney movie on the show. And but this is this is not the typical t- Disney animated movie. We are talking about a Disney live action movie from the 1950s, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Right, this movie was directed by Richard Fleischer and it stars Kirk Douglas, James Mason, Paul, Paul Lucas, and Peter Lohr. Okay, so the movie is based off of the Jules Verne uh, novel that is called 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea as well. So so this movie is about uh, about a professor called Pierre Aranax who goes on a sea journey with his uh, companion named Conseil, played by Peter Lohr, and they look for a sea monster that's been ravaging ships, except what they end up finding is not what they have seen and in the process they discover something that they have probably never seen before in human history we'll talk about that and much more on enjoy the movie and here we have today with us the one and only julian how are you i'm good how are you i am very good thank you how do you feel about how do you feel it today about Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea i really liked it i love this movie yeah i thought it was i thought it was excellent um where do i begin um so I think no no overall like the thing I'm going to say the defining my defining uh talking point is going to be I think this film is really ahead of its time. Yes. Um that's what I really caught me off guard with this is that this was made in what 1950 something? 54. 54, okay. Uh, honestly going into this science fiction film from 1954 I was expecting something a little more I I expected it to feel a little bit more campier. Yeah, a little bit because that's that's the, that's the defining um, characteristic of of sci-fi movies from the fifties is that they were yeah. bit, they weren't quite refined yet because they didn't have the technology, um, you know. So they came across a bit more campier. Even though there's a lot of really good movies from the nineteen fifties, you know, in the science fiction yeah. genre. But this was amazing. This is a a stark ex. ex what's the word I'm looking for? Exception yes. to all those films in that era is that the special effects are really polished in this. They're really yes. good. Um, and it feels. That it, it feels epic. Like the it, this feels like a a spectacular sci-fi adventure. Yes. There's a sense of wonder here. It feels like you're going into a whole world. Like it doesn't feel like this small little thing that's like constrained to you know like a set and they've got like a a person in a in a you know campy costume. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it actually feels like it has this element of realism to it. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I really enjoyed it. Yes. Um, and another thing I really liked about this movie, I always like this in movies. I like watching old movies, and I like it when I can recognize um, influences from later works. So, like a big thing in this was, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this. This is more of like a, in the realm of video games. Yep. But there's a really popular video game called Bioshock, yep. and it's wow. you know it's definitely one of you know gamers would probably consider it one yeah, of the greatest. I, the world, the whole world building in that game is clearly inspired by this film, I think, with the whole underwater world, um, the sort of, I don't know how you describe it. I wouldn't say steampunk, but you know what I mean? It, like, it's it, got it that really, sort of- It feels like yeah. a steampunk movie. Yeah, it, it really kind of, does, yeah. especially with regards to the aesthetics of the yeah. ship. Yeah. Uh, and actually, hmm, I would call it uh, nuclear punk. Yeah, uh, yeah. Nuclear punk, because what- I'm, I, Okay, so I'm not going to spoil the movie, but- I think I know what you're But there's at, yeah. a lot, but there's- In this movie, uh, there's less- because it's set in the 1880s or something yeah, like yeah, that. So Steam like was, that, yeah. you know, something. But it wouldn't be like steampunk as we know it today. Yeah. All right. So, um, but yes, this movie was, and like we were saying, like it's 
absolutely phenomenal to look yeah. at, especially yeah. considering it's made in 1954. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. You're right. You know, these movies, these movies tend to be in, you know, relegated to the realm of B movies yeah. at the time. You know, um, constructs sets. I mean, even with the later movies like with yeah. uh, 2001, which you know they, they you can construct a lot of a lot of it is just you know constructed sets and yep. you know just you know uh, sort of 1960s visual computer effects and whatever and you know these are you know, not computer effects as mm, we know yeah, it today yeah. but in this movie everything it's it has it feels very uh, real they use a tangible. lot of uh, tangible yeah, tangible it feels like you can tangible. grab and touch everything the, yep the the, 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 the ships in, yeah. the ships and the uh, the vessel in the movie, right? the vest, some of the vessels yes. in the movie that are, you know, because um, they come across a submarine in the movie, yeah. all right, and they come across a submarine, and the submarine feels very real, right? It's like yeah. it's like if Disney, I think, I think I'm I'm thinking, here's the thing, I don't really know much about how this movie was made, but yeah. I do know that the, the this submarine looked very real, like even yes. when it was like in yeah. underwater and whatever, it looks like, like I think. That, yeah. yeah, that's what blew me away with this thing is that most of the stuff looked like it was actually like real because I'm looking at it and it's like, hang on, this this doesn't look like it was shot on a set. Like for no. me, what blo- like the underwater scenes, like did the, I'm I'm actually blown away. Did they actually shoot that underwater or is it a, a set? Lot of it, like that, a lot of that's, the am- stuff that's what I'm they, saying. It's amazing. Like, that's yeah. the thing because because building a ship is yeah. no easy easy feat. No, all no. right. So I'm guessing yeah. I'm guessing with this movie, I don't know. They probably got like a like a smaller maquette, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. and they have like you know the thingy like done underwater. Yeah. But because the maquette is authentic, is it feels very, it looks very and feels very authentic. It's it's excuse me, yeah. um, it feels it feels like you are not really watching a B movie. You're watching a spectacle, which yeah. um really. I think I really should have seen this coming. Like you know, it's Kirk Douglas. Like uh, yeah. I, like he's acted in movies like Spartacus, Spartacus and Ben yep. Hur. Yep. Like and these movies are spectacles in their own right. So yes. when I saw Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, yeah. it's Kirk yeah. Douglas. Like I was the yeah. I was the yeah I probably yeah it's probably going to be something big. Yeah. And I think here's here's something also that I wanted to bring up. And yeah. you know, Walt Disney here had mm. an advantage. I mean, he had. He's had the company. He, he was the head of Walt Disney Company. Yeah. I think he's a massive company, even back in 1954. Yeah. So making that movie, he had the money to you know shell to shell yeah. out on to making this yeah. uh, movie. Uh, so it was. I don't know how I don't know how 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 hard it was for him, but it was definitely a lot easier than a lot of the other filmmakers of the time, where they unfortunately were relegated to sets. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And also, I wanted to pull this conversation. I wanted to talk about what's his name, Kirk Douglas. Kirk Douglas, yes. Yeah, I, I liked him in this movie. Um, yeah, he was Craig. so he plays Ned. He plays Ned Land. He's a master harpooner, yeah. right? He gets so he goes with uh, Professor Aranax yeah. right, on this journey, uh, journey across the sea. Yeah, yeah. But then they end up getting lost. They end up getting lost together, and he's yeah. just trying to get home because whereas. Whereas Professor Aranax is try interested in uh, learning more about the the the, the sea, uh, looking for yeah. the sea monster, yeah. or at least the yeah. truth behind the sea monster. Yeah, uh, he's like Ned just wants to go home. That's it. Yeah, like, that's he's it. very and I like how Kirk Douglas portrays him as this sort of snarky fellow. You know. Yeah. Well, I feel like Kirk Douglas is a character that represents, um, like a. 
because I heard someone talk about this in relation to Star Wars in that Han Solo is sort of like the the vessel for the audience in that you have this weird you know, universe of like aliens and all that, but then he's like kind of the one normal person that you can write yeah. to. That's what I felt like what Kirk Douglas's character was in this, in that you have like these scientists and you have all like all this, he's you know, just, weird underwater world, but then you just have like this normal guy just stuck in the middle of it who's yeah. just like, oh, he just wants to go home and he doesn't, yeah. you know, want to deal with all this like, you know. I don't want to, yeah, I don't, science, like this is all. Science hubba dubba, you yeah. know, stuff. And it's, it's he's, really weird. He's right, a simple man. He's, he's very, yeah. um, because Ned in this yeah. movie, like he's very sort of, I wouldn't say hot-headed. My yeah. God, what, what was it? Uh, because he's very, but I mean, he can kind be of stubborn. Impulsive, yeah. uh, one thing I would call him is stubborn because yeah. like he he wants to have it his own yeah. way, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And it's just that the circumstances he's in don't allow him to do that. So he then goes through desperate measures and the actions that he does eventually causes, like just eventually causes literally everything to go wrong by yeah. the end of the movie like literally yeah. then just you know i'm i'm trying as hard as i can not to spoil this movie just um it's we're gonna have a spoiler warning from now on because it's hard yeah. to talk about the rest of this without um yeah but uh one thing that this film did really well and i guess you gotta credit this to the um the original novel which i haven't read but it's obviously a yeah, very good novel. Either. but this film really sort of um conveyed because obviously before before you know human civilization was you know even close to um you know getting into space travel and you know exploring you know the universe you know the deep seas was like yeah. the the, the frontier mysterious. that was the mystery that's where the mystery yeah. was that's where the yes. sense of adventure was and this film was really good at capturing that yes. you know what i mean like exploring the great unknown that's the sea yeah you know um yeah so it's like um yeah, it really was like the pre because they've even got like you know the the you know the the underwater suits they wear. It's it's almost, they're almost like the pre space suits. You know yes. what I mean? Like it's very, all, it all they, felt they very like a lot of space suits. In um, movie. Right, and then they just and even the ship that they get into the submarine looks yeah. like a looks very otherworldly. Yes, right? it yeah. looks like it a like sea a monster. monster. Yeah, you'd think that right? it would be a it's sea just, monster. It yeah. looks very much like one. Like it's. Um, because even at night, the shots of the uh, the submarine at night, when you look at it over there, it's like you know the the cockpit yeah. in there is like shines like this green. It turns into this color green from very far, which look like a pair of eyes. Yeah, yeah. which um, are well, honestly, rather uh, <laughs> it's strange. It just yeah. it gives it. It does give it this. Uh, otherworldly sense right? it really feels mm. like a character of its uh, in its own right the submarine yeah right? oh yeah for yeah. sure yeah uh, um, yeah what did you think of Captain Nemo um, yeah I liked he's almost he's definitely a uh, sort of mad scientist um, wouldn't you say a mad scientist kind of character mad you know, scientist got, not, no not really I wouldn't no, say he's mad scientist he's really well, the, to, he just well, he's just trying. Yeah. He's just trying to survive, all right, in yeah. the sea because he's like the kind of person. He's real. He's not misanthropic, misanthropic but he's really. Yeah. But he's had enough of civilization. Yeah, he's the f- kind right, of fed and he up wants with, to yeah. have his own sort of little life away from yeah. other people, all right, for his own personal yeah. pressing reasons. So he builds this submarine. But which, the whole idea is that isn't it? He's trying to build like this sort of. Like kind of perfect world, like this yeah, the, the kind perfect of utopia. World which he you cannot know what I mean? have. Yeah. So yeah. he's he's a real perfectionist. Yeah, 
And I think this is this is in a way that in a way kind of limiting him in that you know because he's just it's part of part of what makes him like sort of resistant to other people. And when he sees when he meets uh, Professor Anonax and Conseil and uh, Ned, and he meets them, and he's like, "No, I'm gonna." Throw you into the into the into yeah. quarters, confine you to quarters, and he sort of, in a way, that's yeah. In a way, he wants kind of wants to he's, micromanage them. He's a, a and he's like kind of psychologically testing them as well. Yes. That's what I really liked about this. And it's like there's two layers. Like there's obviously that there's like the sci-fi aspect with like you know the exploring the deep sea and all that and yeah. technology, futuristic technology. But then there's also like the you know the idea of you know um, the dynamics of you know, a, a ship and the crew and, you know, how they, you know, um, interact with yeah. each other and, you know, what the relationship's like and, you know, yeah, um, whether the, you know, he's going to give his life for them or whatever, you know what I mean? Like all yeah, that, he's testing their, lo- testing their loyalty and all that, you know what I mean? Because yes. I guess like, you know, when you're just stuck with like a certain group of people, you know, in an isolated place for a long time, I guess loyalty is like an important thing. Yeah. Um, it's part of like the dynamic of a crew of a ship or I don't know. Yeah, that's the, I don't know, I thought that was a good aspect of the film that yeah it's, i i really i that's the thing is i think i like everything about this movie i like, do it all, yeah <coughs> excuse me yeah. but yes i this is it's very hard sort of like to pick apart this movie without saying like oh it's good because literally well everything i think this movie is it's amazing very it's a, is it really ahead of its time yeah, yeah way ahead of its and that's the thing i think it is objectively speaking my favorite of the Disney live action movies. Okay, I've yeah. seen plenty of Disney live action movies, especially yeah. the ones made in the 50s and 60s. But yeah. this movie takes the cake. Oh, for like, sure. It's, yeah. it's very much a live action movie. Like it's, it embraces yes, its yes. live action nature and its sci fi nature, but it's still a Disney movie. You know? yeah. It still has the sort of Disney uh, whimsy and charm. Whimsical, to it. yeah, sort of um, like uh, fantastical, yeah, sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, this sense mm. of wonder about That's the world. It, yeah. And I think this sort of childlike uh, curiosity about the world, which is portrayed very beautifully by uh, Professor Anorax, who is played by uh, Paul Lucas. So, yeah. yes, in that on that front, I love it. It's just it just kind of makes me wish like if only every Disney live action movie could be you know, could be like you know very good because the thing the thing the, the thing oh, like yeah, they are pretty good they don't make them like that anymore no <laughs> not like that and that's the thing they, they have today they have, today the Disney live action movies have a lot of money all right they have way more money and way more clout and way more resources I can't think of any than, live action like what are some of the modern that, that aren't like just the remakes just the lazy remakes of the like, because yeah, usually now Disney just makes live action movies from like other properties, like Marvel, yeah. or like Star Wars. I can't think of any specifically just purely original Disney mm, movies. Me neither. Like, oh my god! Yeah, I don't think they do. They, really yeah, do that's them usually yeah. that's usually what happens. You know, it's um, hmm, I don't know. It's just yeah. Usually it's live action and stuff like that. But you know, it doesn't really matter what what. It doesn't really matter because this movie is based off a book. Right? It's based off yes. the Jules Verne book. So yeah. I don't really care whether it's based off of some other property or not. It's yeah. just that, you know, it just it doesn't have the same uh, spirit. Like the, uh, the company just doesn't have the same spirit in it anymore as it did when Walt Disney was around. Like, no, and yeah. Walt Disney. And here's the thing. It's like, okay, what's the spirit of Walt Disney? Well, Walt Disney and... 
Walt Disney, one of the things one of the things I like about him is that he was focusing when he made movies, he was making them for the kid for the kids in all of us. Yeah, yeah. And that's why his movies and I think in this movie it's very evident of that, literally through the mm. music, uh the screenplay. Excuse me, oh, I'm not yeah. feeling too well today. No, no, you're right. <laughs> but yes, it's just yeah, it's very so. The vision of Walt Disney is reflected in this movie, but in the new ones, they feel like it, they've really departed from that. All right, especially with the remakes, they feel they lost the sense of whimsy and yeah, the sense yeah. of they, they lost the charm that defined a Disney movie. All right, in the fifties and sixties, or even before then. Right, even during the 1990s. I, I was going to say during during the 90s. I think they yeah still during the 90s yeah. they they recaptured that they recaptured that in the 90s and to some extent with the animated movies they have that to some extent but it's just it feels like especially with the live action realm it's just it's not there anymore. No, because right. I can't even think of most like Disney live action films that have come not really around no. in the recent years. But um, it's it's a real shame. Like I. I wish every movie could be like, you know, to have like, you know, just. <laughs> yeah. I wish every movie could be like twenty thousand leagues under the sea, yeah, but yeah. you can't have well, like literally every movie be twenty thousand. Oh under no, the no, those things would no. be boring. You do want a bit of variety. Yeah, we want variety, um, but like, like it's just like I, I like a good Disney movie, yeah. You know? hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um. So actually, well, one thing that I wanted to sort of um touch upon yeah. was um. Oh, and this is just going back to the special effects a bit. But um, I think the, the scene that really stood out to me in terms of like, yeah, in terms of being ahead of its time in terms of its, in terms of its special effects and stuff was the giant squid scene. Yes. Like that was specifically, yes. and that was specifically, that. that was specifically one part where I was like, okay, like this, surely this is going to be the one bit where it's like, now it's going to start to feel a little bit more campy. Because how are they going to make, you know, it's 1950s sci-fi film. How are they going to make the giant squid convincing? Yeah. But no, as soon as that tentacle came into the the cabin, I was like, "Wow, that actually looks really convincing." It does, like it the looks way like that the te- the texture and like the the moisture on it, and it yeah. just looked really. It looked like a real giant squid. Yeah, tentacle. it does. And then when they went outside in the storm, and they were f- that's probably probably the standout like sequence in yeah, the whole is, film for me yeah. is that scene when they're fighting this giant squid on top yes. of the ship in the storm. Like that, yeah. that felt epic. Oh, that's what yeah. I was saying. I was watching that. And I'm like, gee, this film's like 50 years, 70 years old, but I want to be watching this like in the theater right now. You know what I mean? I like- do want to watch it in theaters. <laughs> and I love the sequence, like with yeah. the giant squid, because it's just, um, usually, I don't know, because, yeah, it really, it's really gripping. All right. Usually, yes, I, I, was, I had that same feeling. <laughs> literally. Like, oh, it's going to be, you know, yeah. campy, whatever. No, yeah. instead, it really ramp- it ramps up the, it really ramps up. It's rare, sort of like it's very serious. Like, no, this is a giant squid. Yeah, you are yeah. seeing yeah. the monster, the greatest monster in the entire sea. Yeah, all right? and yeah. it's just so it. So then it's just and the way it just moves, like it's like these the like it just sort of yeah. wrapping itself very oh, slowly, yeah. like around uh, Captain Nemo, and it's like ah, and it's little, it's little claw thing, beak claw- thing in the middle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ah, yeah. It it was very real, and I love that. That's the thing. I think. It goes, I think because Disney, that's the thing. And again, like Disney had the the advantage of having a lot of money. And 
I was reading that this movie went way over budget, but mm. I mean, considering this is today, we have movies being made for two hundred fifty million dollars, and the movie was made at yeah. what nine million dollars, and yeah. that's nineteen fifties money. So but yeah, while I was watching this, it did occur to me. I'm like, this must have cost a fortune to make because it was yeah. Yeah, and then I'm looking at the budget. It's like mm. nine million dollars. Like, oh my god! But the then I remembered. I guess, wait, yeah. this is the nineteen fifties. So inflation. The, yeah. yeah, inflation. Yeah, but I mean, yes, it's it's just yeah. I the the squid. The squid scene in the movie was breathtaking. Like mm. I easily, easily, I think the I think that that was like the defining moment in the film. Oh, yeah. Like I think what cemented this movie as you know like worthy of title as best live action yes, Disney yes, movie. Yes, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. So um, I guess closing closing thoughts. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, would highly recommend this film. Um, very ahead of its time. Like yeah, this this definitely made me question because I always sort of pictured in my mind um, sci-fi not really being defined until two thousand and one or you know Star Wars or anything like that. But then I watched this film and I'm like, hold on, like they got it, they like nailed it back in like nineteen fifty whatever. Yeah. So yeah, definitely highly recommend it. Too. Yeah, it's 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 a real it's fun it's real fun to watch. Yeah. Um, I love the performances by the actors. The music is. Wonderful, the screenplay, yes, yeah. the dialogue. Um, it's um, this, yeah, it's very enjoyable. Um, yeah, if you, it's on Disney Plus right yeah, now, so if you yeah. have Disney Plus, go watch it with your kids. It's really, really, really good. We highly recommend it. Yes. And anyway, also one final thing: what do you think about the seal? What do you think about the seal that eats cigars? <laughs> <laughs> I love the seal. That was so funny. Yeah, he was a nice little. Um, yeah, that was funny. Although there was a weird moment at the end where um, they were like, oh, get in the boat. And I'm like, it's a seal. <laughs> it, can, it can swim. It doesn't need to get into the boat. But um, no, I like that little, little seal. It's like, it was like get yeah. in the boat. It's like, just yeah. goes into the boat. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway. And, and <laughs> yeah. I, we're not going to tell you what this. We're not going to tell you what the cigars are made of because. That that's gonna you're yeah. gonna have to yeah, find yeah, out you find for yourself. Out my but building. it's really yeah. but it but it definitely just raised my eyebrows. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> kind of makes me wonder. It kind of makes me wonder how they may even make them underwater. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. anyway, that's that's going on to whole tangent, and uh, we are already running out of time. So yeah. Anyway, so thank you very much for listening to this episode of Enjoy the Movie, and thank you, Julian, for being with us today. No worries. Pleasure as always. See you guys next time. Yeah, we'll see you next time for more movies. Bye. Bye. See ya. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to get in touch with us, then please leave a comment or go to the links in the description. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and more. Also, don't forget to share the podcast with your peers and online. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the Movie is hosted by Tony Saad and Julian DeVito. The music and logo were created by Clara Saad. Enjoy the Movie is created by Tony Saad, copyright Tony Saad 2022.